This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Previously on Colors. The kick. It's a good one. Green driven back to midfield on the far side. He's got the NFL Hall of Famer Daryl Green. to the 35. Bolts a man to the 30. Breaks it to the near side. 25. For 20 years, he was the fastest man in the NFL. But he joins us on Colors to tell us there's no quick fix to our racial problems. We had a greater place of consciousness. We had a greater opportunity to win. Maybe not in you in my lifetime. But we ended up winning one of the best places we've ever been in. He says, the young people hold the key to the entire country getting it right. The generations uh, are, are connected. These kids are interacting uh, with one another, and they don't have all this crap that some of the grandmothers and grandfathers put on them and great-grandfathers put on them. And they're making good, sound decisions. They're making and they're interacting with one another on a, on a, on a one-on-one basis. Coming up in this episode of Colors... Being a black journalist... Getting racist hate mail, unfortunately, sometimes is a part of the job. But a recent letter triggered an extraordinary event. Once I read what was written to JJ, it did make me angry. That's Joel Oxley, Senior Vice President and General Manager of WTOP, which is where I work. This is a part of what the letter said. I can assure you and all of WTOP that we are all sick and tired of hearing about racism. No podcast on racism. No one believes in systematic racism. Can you explain what it is? Just an excuse blacks use for not improving themselves. And about that extraordinary event, Oxley responded with an open letter. My goal is to expose this kind of racial intolerance in the hopes of putting more and more of it behind us for good. The racist letter. The open letter in response. Who Joel Oxley is and what drove him to do it. And the overwhelming response after he did it. That's coming up in this episode of Colors. Simmering racial tensions. Segregation now and tomorrow and forever. Fighting injustice. I have a dream. Conflict looming. Brutality exposed. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. The search for solutions starts here. From WTOP in Washington, D.C. This is Colors, a dialogue on race in America. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. I'm J.J. Green, and I'm black. And I'm Joel Oxley, and I'm white. And this is Colors. We originally had planned this episode to be about the United Nations taking action against racism. But something came up. Recently, we got a letter. I got a letter here in the station that was, let's just say it, it was racist. The language was offensive. It was horrible, it was ugly, and it was anonymous. It was designed, essentially, to anger me over the podcast Colors, which is what we have here. Some of you may remember I did a response shortly after we got that letter in the podcast, and I said, hmm, this must mean we're doing something right. I also did something else. I shared that letter with 
Joel Oxley, the guy you just heard introduce himself, Senior Vice President and General Manager of WTOP. I've worked here for about 17 years, but I've known him more than 30. And so I've known him for a long time. So I shared the letter with him and it made him angry. And Joel, I'll let you pick up the story there. Well, once I read what was written to JJ, it did make me angry and made me very frustrated. Uh, you, you think at times that we're making progress in this country, but then you get something like this and you realize that you have an awful lot of work to do. Mm, why don't you read it? Yeah, it says, JJ Green, I can assure you and all of WTOP that we are all sick and tired of hearing about racism. No podcast on racism. No one believes in systematic racism. Can you explain what it is? Just an excuse blacks use for not improving themselves. Stop listening to WTOP years ago. Tired of hearing about Black Lives Matter, in parentheses, burn, loot, murder. Racism. Black crime. Thugs. Black excuses. I work with people from many countries that immigrated here. They are all doing fine. They don't use race as an excuse. They are not killing, looting, burning. Stop the BS. We don't want your podcast. Former WTOP fan. You know, Joel, the first thing I thought of when I read that letter was, okay, so if you don't listen, how do you know about this podcast? If you're not listening to the podcast, which you don't know about, if you're not listening to the station, then how do you know? So, you know, the answer was clear. This person is a listener. There was no question. It was one of the first things I picked up on as well. And in the feedback that we've gotten subsequently, a lot of other people picked up on that, the irony of that as well. This is the 22nd of July. And uh, in the last couple of days, we have gotten dozens and dozens of emails, and I would say phone calls and and, and text messages and, and other uh, responses from people to a letter that you, Joel, decided to write as a result of this. So first, I want to ask you, why did you decide to do it? And then you can tell us what you dec- what you did. Well, there were a lot of reasons why I did it. Uh, certainly, I think it's the right thing to do. Uh, it, it, it saddens me. I, you know, I still, though, have hope that the, this kind of thing can change and that we, we can start to turn a quarter on this and get into a better place. I mean, but th- there's, there's other reasons, too. You know, I look at, at WTOP, and you know what? We get a lot of emails. We get a lot of criticism, and I'm okay with that uh, for the most part. It's oftentimes constructive. Uh, you know what? There's times when we, we got to use better grammar or we, we got to add more details or, uh, you know what? We make mistakes. We do. We're not perfect. We're human. Um, and sometimes it's people are giving us a hard time. Oh, we're too right or we're too left. They might have heard this or that or, and think we're one way or another. And you know what? I, I'm good with all of that. But what I'm just not good with is is this kind of blatant racism and and honestly too attacking uh, somebody here personally, attacking also a friend of mine, and attacking somebody who's you know a great reporter and does a great job here in so many different ways. And you know it just it's, these are the kind of things that in my mind just really make me angry and really really just gotta stop. So you wrote a letter that was posted on our website, and I'm wondering if you would read just a piece of that for us. Sure. Absolutely. I will. Um, you know, and, and you know, it, it, it went into what I just talked about, but also then, then the next part I thought was important. The man this is addressed to is J.J. Green. He is our national security reporter at WTOP. Hard to find a more important subject than that. J.J. has been doing an excellent job covering this critical area for well over a decade. He's an award-winning journalist who is extremely highly respected in the halls of the Pentagon, Langley, and beyond. 
We are very fortunate to have work with us. He makes us better, and he helps our area to be better informed. But J.J. is much more than that to me. He is my friend. I've known him for over 30 years. We met playing basketball back in the 1980s in a media league. We started working together in the 90s. We've been through a lot together, and I have nothing but respect for one of the smartest and most caring people I know. That That's J.J. And oh yeah, like we said earlier, J.J.'s black and I'm white. Shouldn't matter in my book, right? But obviously it does to the person who wrote this letter. My goal is to expose this kind of racial intolerance in the hopes of putting more and more of it behind us for good. And, you know, another thing that people don't realize mm-hmm. about J.J. is, you, you know, colors is something J.J., he does that on his own time. Uh, he, he does not get compensation for that. It means that much to him that he's doing that. And, and, and the same went with, with Chris Core. These mm-hmm. guys did a tremendous job and have and continue to do on this. J.J.'s still leading the way on this. And it's made, a, I think, a big difference. But it's, it's also it's been balanced and it's been thoughtful and it's been insightful. And, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, that's to be applauded. But you know what else is kind of be applauded? I think we got to this person. So, you know what? Good. That means maybe we're making an impact. Maybe we're making some progress here. Yeah, you know, I thought about that myself. Um, you know, the, aside from the fact that we know this person is listening. We know this person is no still out there uh, in, in the listener pool. But it also gave us the opportunity to highlight what, what's been going on here. At WTOP, you know, this isn't about me. Wasn't about me. Uh, I just happened to be the person or the subject that, at this point. I've gotten thousands of letters, emails, and phone calls like this. Much worse over the decades of my career, and so I've learned to cope with them and learn to deal with them. And ninety percent of them I've never shared with anyone. But the thing that's most important about this for me is what Joel did. He took a stand publicly because in the past, other people, and I've worked at a lot of different places, six television networks and a couple of radio networks and have done some other stuff too. No boss ever stood up publicly and said what he said, defending me and defending the company from this. And this is the thing that has been most important to me is that it wasn't about me. I was the subject this time, but it was him doing the right thing. And as he mentioned, we've known each other for a long time, since the 80s. And, you know, we met playing in that basketball league, and there was one common thing about everybody in that group of multiracial guys that we played ball with is that everyone, they loved the game, they loved our business, and we cared about each other. And that's carried over since then. And so this guy is... And I need for you to hear this and get this correct. This is not me sucking up to the boss. It's not that. This guy has always been one of those few people out there that runs towards danger when most folks are running away from it. But he's always been the way. So what this letter, that's Joel. That's vintage Joel. So what he did was it was a blueprint for other leaders out there, other people who aren't sure about what the right thing to do is, maybe don't have the courage to do it right now, and that's okay. You know, sometimes it takes a while for us to get the courage to do the right thing, but what he did was the right thing. And as a result of that, um, you know, there's been an overwhelming response. Yeah, I'd say we're up to near 100 emails uh, on this that that I think I've just received, and I know JJ's received a lot as well, and so has the station uh, gotten a lot of uh, feedback and and and, it, and it's great. Um, you know, one thing I will say is that I'm I'm 
glad in a way that happened is is that and because some things, some good things have come out of it. I'm not saying I'm glad about what happened with George Floyd because, of course, I'm not about his murder. But since then, we have made a really big commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. We have made a, a big, big push here at uh, at WTOP and Federal News Network to to really become more aware, to become more educated, and we've we've uh, gotten together with uh, consultants and um, with people who have who have taught us. We we did a 17 um, session course on on improving our mm-hmm. our how we look at, at at DEI and I think that made a big difference and, and one of the things I certainly give JJ credit for and he has said that you know he's not gonna he's not gonna st- stand um, back anymore he, he's gonna come forward when things happen and I, I, I JJ I'm really glad that you that you 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 sent that letter to me because I you know I didn't have an idea that you were getting that much and I I, I sure wish that wasn't the case but maybe now we can find a way to, to move beyond some of this and and I think that, that you know, we want to, you know, I'm just committed to getting us into a better place and leading us to a better place. And, you know, having the, the, the help of people like J.J. is is going to make that happen. Well, yeah. Thank you, Joe. But I want to make sure that folks know that this is about the greater good. Again, I just can't re- reiterate or emphasize that enough. It's not about what happened to J.J. Green. It, it's about the greater good because there are people out there that don't have a boss like you that don't have a platform to expose this kind of vitriol and they are getting it. They're getting fire hosed with this stuff. Cause I know some people that I talk to who are beside themselves because they don't know what to do. They don't have an outlet. So again, the important thing is what you did because you showed people how to go about do, doing something like this in a public way. Cause that letter you wrote was very thoughtful. That's the, the one thing that I say is common across every single response that I've seen is that, a very thoughtful, well-thought-out, well-crafted letter. But that didn't come out of the blue. You sat with that and you thought about it for a while. So I just kind of want to ask for the benefit of our listeners if you would just share with us the thought process that's kind of taken place in your life and in your head since Memorial Day of last year with George Floyd because you mentioned these diversity workshops and sessions that we've been in with 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 Worthy Consulting uh, which is just an awesome venue or vehicle for that. But you participated in every single one of them. I mean, I think these things happen three times a day, and you've been in every single one of them. So uh, whatever 17 times three is, you've been there. So um, what was your thought process behind first deciding to do this and um, I guess looking towards what the measure of success would be or what you hope the outcome would be? Just kind of step us through the process. Well, uh, the, w- one of the first things I just recognized that that we had a long way to go, uh, you know, uh, and and frankly, the, the, you know, we, we have turnover like any organization. We have about 180 people here, and you know, we were certainly having people leave, also or people of color leave, and I, I, I felt, you know, my my gut told me that sometimes maybe it was because of of how we were about things, and, and I don't think any of it was intentional. I, in fact, I really am convinced it wasn't, but there, I thought there were a lot of things that we could get better on. I've, and, and also, I felt like we're you know, we in the news business. We have a commitment to being the absolute best that we can, and and we have you know a lot of diversity here, but we also need diversity of thought, and not just diversity of, of, of people in terms of their their race or their, their age or their gender. And I just realized that I needed some outside help. This wasn't going to be enough for me to just figure this out on my own or figure it out on on our own here collectively internally. And so a couple of people helped us. We we, we developed a committee and and uh, 
of a real diverse group of people here, and, and a couple of people came up with the idea of doing a consultant and also doing a teacher, essentially. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's really gone a long way toward, towards making us more aware and, and definitely been really helpful for me to, to, to look at things differently, to think about things differently, but maybe most importantly to realize that this is just a truly ongoing effort that we've got to keep at for, for the long haul. This is a, you know, people say it's a marathon, not a sprint. I'd say it's even longer than a marathon. I just think it's just one of those where th- this just needs to become, uh, you know, a life's work for people to, to keep at this because this is this is a, a generational thing. It's been a generational problem, and it, and the solutions in 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 doing it, and you know, generationally going forward. What's the biggest personal um, development for you uh, in this process? I think it opened my eyes. Um, adopted um, two boys um, 20 and 16 years ago who were Korean and it made me think about you know what what what's in store for them it made me it opened my eyes even more to, to realize that you know I I don't know if I can directly affect what happened to them probably not but if I can try to do something that moves the needle even a little bit that that maybe that would in some way also be helpful to them. But also, I just, you know, feel that that it's my responsibility as the leader of this news organization to make that work both internally, meaning, you know, with the people that we have here, but also externally and how we cover and how we do our news to make sure that we're truly inclusive of the entire area. This is an incredibly mm-hmm. diverse area, one of the most diverse in the country. And we, we, we need to reflect that. And and. And there, you know, look, I, I'm not going to be able to do that on my own. Going to have to figure out a lot of a lot of ways to get a lot of resources, a lot of help of a lot of smart people to try to get to a better place. Joel, you are the parent of two Asian boys. This year, in addition to you know all of the upheaval that took place after George Floyd was killed, and you know the 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 black white component of uh, social justice seeking that took place, uh, that's taking place. There was also uh, just a huge explosion of violence against um, people of Asian and Pacific Islander descent. So as a parent of these these boys, these these young men, I should say now, it's hard <laughs> yeah. to believe they've grown yeah, up. I know. But as a parent of these 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 gentlemen, um, what did you think? How did, how did that how did that strike you? Well, I think you know anybody who's a parent can can relate to that. You always somewhat, in a way, think in worst case scenario, oh my gosh, what would happen if you know something like this happens to them? You know, I've, tried, I've talked to about it. As most of you probably have teenagers know, it can be kind of like talking to a brick wall sometimes. But we've talked about it, had some good conversations about it. It concerns me. Sure, I, I worry about their safety as anybody would. Um, they, of course, being the age that they are, just don't think it's that big of a deal. But it's not like it's unrecognized by them either. Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, it's it's tricky territory to be sure. And I, I just you know, like I said before, it's just trying to be more aware so I can also have a, a better conversations with them too. And it, it's been really helpful. Yeah. So how do they respond to you? Well, besides the the ultimate, the inevitable eye roll, uh, <laughs> I knew that was yeah, coming. Yeah, that, that you always get from anybody that age. You know, we do, we actually have had some good discussions good. about it, good. and and they, they get it, and they, they've talked to me about that, especially online. There's some real bad mm-hmm. stuff that goes on. Uh, I didn't realize this, but at, at the beginning, oftentimes of when you're about to do a video game, there's a lot of jawing. Uh, sadly, a lot of that sometimes is racial and hmm. it, in fact they say it's just rife with it 
And it's it's an area where if you you know they they say, hey dad, if you want to see some real racism, just go you could just go hop on a, a video, a couple of video these video games before they get started, and you will hear some real bad stuff. But at the same time, a lot of times the people don't know who is who, so it's a you know you don't necessarily see the person's face or have an idea of who they are because most everybody uses aliases. Yeah, you but know, it's still it's it's very unsettling to me that they have to be exposed to that and. Uh, uh, yeah, that, it, it's 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 worrisome, and it seems to be unfortunately more part of our culture than I would have ever guessed it would have been, even even a few short years ago. Yeah, you know, the safety of anonymity is something that I've I've thought about that so many for for so long. You know, how do you take that safety away? I mean, I mean, you know, in a sense, you don't want to take anonymity away because that's not that's not my I don't have a right to do that. If somebody wants to be anonymous, they can. But when you want to do something that heinous and remain anonymous, there has to be a cost for it. And so, you know. Yeah, it seems, though, that there really won't be with the way technology is now. It's, it seems that, uh, you know, people are going to be able to hide behind this anonymity uh, go, uh, going forward. This doesn't seem the technology is there to take it away. And, and it's unfortunate, though. I agree with you. I think there should be some kind of. Uh, ramifications when somebody is going too far. Back to the racial picture here uh, and this letter that we got and what you did and what the station is uh, doing uh, and, you know, where we're going. You know, a lot of people, it resonated with them, you know, and they actually wrote. You mentioned getting hundreds, more than 100 letters, and uh, I'm pretty sure I've gotten uh, something close to that. Um, not talking about the, the social platform, just talking about straight emails, yes. you know. Um, you want to share some of what you've gotten? Well, I thought this one was pretty emblematic of of what we received. Uh, I have been a listener and online reader of WTOP for many years, and this is the first time I have felt compelled to write in. I've just finished reading your article, Enough is Enough, and I must say thank you for an excellent article. I've heard many of J.J. Green's pieces over the years, and I've always found them to be very professional, informative, and accurate. The kind of racist attacks against people of color in any profession has to end. As you say, it makes you angry, and it makes me angry too. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. It yeah. is. It it you really you know I didn't know really what to expect here. I I thought we'd get some positives and negatives, uh, but and we've I, gotten some negatives too. We have. We have. We've gotten some ones that uh, you know couldn't even because the language couldn't even put on here. In fact, but, I got one this morning. I'll say this though: that yeah. said you are the racist. You know. This was addressed to me. But, you know, I kind of expected that, though. Yeah, I did, too. But I, I guess uh, I, what I am very pleasantly surprised about is the amount of mm -hmm. positivity and, and also the passion behind it. Yeah. I, I real passion in the words that so many people have written to us in, a, uh, in many different ways, in, in a few ways, very creative. And, and, and uh, I really appreciate that. Yeah. You know, this has been happening. This has been going on for now 48 hours. Um, this stream of, 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 of contact and, um, you know, just we appreciate it. But before before we before we finish, I want to make sure that we get two things straight before we were done here today. Joel has mentioned several times and I've mentioned it, too, that we're friends. But I want you to be clear about this. That does not get me any kind of special treatment. And here's why. It's because I'm not his only friend here. You know, he has a lot of friends, and I would dare say most or the lion's share, if not everybody here, is a friend of his. I just happen to be one of the geezers. 
you know, someone, one of the old school guys. <laughs> Misery <laughs> loves company. You know, like. <laughs> Us old guys got to stick together. You know, just like playmates, you know, you can't deny it. You know, you can you can pretend you don't know them, but, you know, you're still, you, you, they're there and you've known them. So the bottom line on what I'm saying here is that this is not about leveraging friendship. I don't play that card. I never have and I never will. And Joel, Joel certainly never has and never will. Everybody that works at this organization is treated equitably. Everybody that works at this organization is treated equitably. And I would dare say there are few agencies or organizations in the country that have this kind of drive to do that or this kind of activity going uh, to make sure that everybody's treated fairly and equitably. And certainly since last year, I would challenge any other radio or television or any other outlet in the country to show that they're doing it better because what's happened here was a collective consciousness coming awake, a people, a collective group of people recognizing, oh, wow, we've got a problem and we want to deal with it. And it's not just about black folks. It's not about black males dying on streets. It's about anybody, any race. White people are, are, are the victims of racism as well. And that's the key thing that people need to understand. So that's what Colors is all about. And that's why we wanted to have Joel here today to talk about it. And, uh, you know, um, well, anything you want to share, any more you want to share, anything else you want to say, anything you think that's important. Well, JJ, I just want to thank you and let everybody know that I completely agree with everything JJ said, and I am honored to be your coworker and your friend. Thank you. I'm JJ Green, and I'm black. And I'm Joel Oxley, and I'm white. And this is Colors. We'll be back in a moment with some final thoughts. You're listening to Colors. Hello, my name is Juan Pablo Sanchez. I was born in Medellin, Colombia, and therefore I identify as Hispanic and or Latino. When it comes to talking about quote unquote race, I believe it's, it's important for us to even further the conversation and explore more so racism than it is race. The reason for that is because when it comes to understanding why minorities or underserved communities aren't represented, it's more so because of the systemic racism that prevents individuals of diverse backgrounds to be in positions to influence and really empower our communities. This is Colors. A dialogue on race in America. I'm deeply grateful to Joel Oxley for taking the step that he did to write that open letter to refute racism, to refute hatred. And because of what it symbolized, I'm really happy because he did it publicly. It's really easy for us to support our friends and family and loved ones in private. But doing so publicly when something as heinous as hatred or, or racism descends upon us in whatever form we find ourselves faced with, it takes a lot of courage to do that. And here's why. Because people who stand up in public for other people normally, most often, themselves become a target. But Joel put his hand up because he knew that was the case. He knew that and he was ready for it. He was prepared for it. I think there are more people out there that want to do what he did. They just needed cover and some understanding on how to do it, and he provided it for him. I'm also very, very thankful for the many 
letters, emails, texts, phone calls, and every other kind of support that I, the station, and others who face this kind of thing got as a result of the letter that Joel wrote. Each and every one of those people, I'm very grateful and thankful to you. All of the listeners to Colors, thankful and grateful to you. And I'm hoping that you will let others know about this program because we've still got some hard work to do. We've still got some big work to do. A lot of it, in fact. And I recognize there's going to be more of this to come. There's going to be more hate out there. People aren't just going to sit down and stop just because we did what we did or because Joel did what he did. It's going to continue. It's always been out there. And it may, in some form, always be with us. But the thing that makes the most difference is having people who will stand up collectively against it. Coming up in our next episode of Colors. So a year after George Floyd's death, a year after all the complaints about police, the protest, and complaints about us in the media, what's changing in the newsrooms, in the TV and radio stations around the country? I know that uh, the companies that own and operate uh, newsrooms, local newsrooms in the broadcast uh, area around the country are still uh, striving every day to try to improve the numbers, not because Uh, It's just good business, although it is, but because uh, they they genuinely want to serve their communities. And one of the most important ways you serve your community through your newscasts is by representing the uh, various factions within that community. Dan Shelley is executive director of the Radio Television Digital News Association. He will join me as guest host and Robert Papper, adjunct professor of broadcast and digital journalism at the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University, will be our guest and he'll present the latest research on diversity in newsrooms. One of the key facts he presents. Radio has tended to to bounce up and down, but is certainly way behind television. That's coming up in our next episode of Colors. So as we pull out today, I want to say thank you as always. Hillary Howard, Sean Anderson, Julia Ziegler. Thanks to John Doman and Ken Duffy and Bruce Allen, Melissa Howell for their kind messages this week. Co-workers here at WTOP who are absolutely wonderful co-workers. Thanks to Thomas Warren. Thanks to Ambassador Mike Hammer, Ambassador Alexander Evans, Tom O'Connor, Gene Meserve. Thanks to Mike Jakaitis, Jess Scheinflug. Mauna Moran, thank you to the Pawnee community. And for our music, we want to say thank you to Jesse Gallagher, Cosmic, and Offshane. And most of all, a gigantic thank you to you for listening. And just remember, keep talking to each other. And just as importantly, keep listening to each other. You can subscribe to Colors on Apple, Spotify, Podcast One, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also find this podcast on our very own Podcast DC app. This is Colors, a dialogue on race in America.